If Thou Hadst Known by William Brassy Hole, 1846-1917 Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another, everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. New International Version Christ's cry of love for the city of Jerusalem the longing to bring the people together and shepherd them with care and compassion, came after a very pointed pronouncement of woes against a distorted religion that was in vogue at the time. Jesus saw the current state of worship, found it to be terribly wanting, gave a scathing rebuke, and saw ahead to its ultimate demise. Jesus did not just blast the establishment, then humph and walk away disgusted. Instead, he looked with sadness over the city and broke into a tear-filled, heart-wrenching love song for his wayward people. Jesus was both angry and sad because of his deep concern for all people to know the true worship of God and to find their ultimate purpose and meaning in him. And Jesus wept statue in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Any religious fool can rant about the ills of the world, ungodly persons, and defective institutions. However, it takes a person with the heart of Jesus to weep over it all and follow him into suffering on behalf of others so that they might come to the peaceable kingdom of righteousness. If our hearts are not unraveled over the sin and injustice of the world, we are in no position to rant about anything. That's because grace and mercy is the currency of God's economy. Thus, we need to repent like we mean it, pray as if our lives depended on it, and proclaim the good news of Christ as if there is not a tomorrow. In a results-driven culture, congregations want clear strategy plans for ministry. Yet, a group of people can implement the best of ministries and still not realize their well-laid plans. If Jesus didn't see what He wanted to happen come to fruition in Jerusalem, then I'm not sure how any of us can always expect success in ministry. We may fail in many ways, but let us not fail to weep over our communities and neighborhoods and long for them to know Christ. It's okay that neither every ministry goes as planned nor every person is blessed by what we do. If we find it hard to accept this, and feel out of control, then we want to know the future, how everything is going to shake out. This is precisely what the disciples wanted to know, since their expectations weren't realized. Jesus essentially told them that things were going to get even tougher. Therefore, they need to be ready and persevere through the adversity. And some of that trouble will be downright cataclysmic. Jesus did not give His disciples a seminar on having a successful ministry, He simply told them to endure suffering and focus on proclaiming the gospel. But for that to happen, we need to accept that we cannot control every variable of ministry and plan for every contingency. 
the only guarantees we have is that God is with us, and Christ is coming again. That's it, my friends. So, instead of control, we must accept our limitations and practice self-control. We can continually monitor our own internal motivations and desires so that they are in constant alignment with the words and ways of Jesus, including a heart of love that weeps over the brokenness and stubbornness of the world. Followers of Jesus walk the only true road of Christian discipleship, the path of humility. Out of all the characteristics that Jesus could have described Himself, the only two words He ever used were gentle and humble. Matthew 11:29. Jesus Weeping Over Jerusalem, by Enrique Simonet Lombardo, 1866-1927. Jesus is the perfect example of a leader who always ministered with a complete sense of His divine power, human limitations, and concern for others. Christ never believed He was the reason for His own success, nor thought He was the reason for another's failure of faith. Instead, Jesus always connected what He was doing to the will of His Father in heaven. You can only avoid the seduction of arrogant pride when you recognize that you are not God and need the help of others. Truly humble folk dig a hole, throw their ego into it, and pour concrete on top of it. This allows them to listen deeply, give generously, and encourage others liberally. Standing firm to the end doesn't come through crafting complicated charts of the end times, it comes through being humble, being grounded in the here and now, being attentive to the people around us, and being a guide for the lost. More importantly, it's what Christ wants us to be. Loving Lord Jesus, let me have your zeal for God's house and your heart for lost people. Change my heart, O God, and let it reflect your grace and truth in everything I say and do, through Christ my Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit, reign now and forever. Amen.